welcome to the Man Talk Show, Training for Men, Answers for Women. I'm Connor Beaton. And today I'm going to bring back a guest that I had recently on the show, uh, Gabe Kennedy. We did part one talking all about uh, CBD and some of the benefits and break down the distinctions between the different types. And today we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into both CBD and THC. And we're going to look at some of the um, medicinal benefits or outcomes of using these different products and what some of the differences are between the two, because I think there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of confusion out there. Uh, so Gabe is an American entrepreneur and co-founder of Plant People, which is a cannabis uh, wellness brand. And he is also a chef, world traveler, TV host, and environmental advocate. He's best known for his innovative consumer product lines, specifically with cannabis, uh, adaptogenic herbs and nootropics as well as his advocacy for sustainable and regenerative agricultural movements. So Gabe and I kind of get into a, a few different pieces. We, he will, uh, you'll hear him talk about um, what the differences are between THC and CBD. Obviously, THC is a psychoactive, um, but we also talk about the production of it, the legalization of it, um, some of the challenges that come along with production and the just some of the structures of it. It's very very in-depth conversation about everything cannabis. Uh, so we wrapped up the last conversation. So just a, a housekeeping note before I bring Gabe in. Quick reminder to all the guys, the Man Talks Alliance is open. It's free. Uh, we have just moved to a new platform. So when you join, you actually get to join uh, not only on the weekly calls that we have, but you also get an accountability team. So you get to connect with a group of uh, 12 or 14 men that you meet with on a regular basis. Uh, for the next two months, we're going to be going through No More Mr. Nice Guy. We've created a whole workbook for it so you can integrate some of the practices. And we're looking at bringing Dr. Robert Glover on to have a bit of a conversation with all the men in the group. So if you have been looking for a resource, it's free for the first month. Uh, head on over to mantalks.com or connorbeaton.com and join uh, or at mantalks on uh, on the uh, Instagram page and you can join there. Uh, and lastly, exciting news. Uh, obviously, if you've joined me, if you've joined me for the free breathwork uh, session that is started started yesterday, if you want to get in on it, you can still sign up. The link is in my bio on Instagram. So go to at man talks on Instagram. It's a free four day breath work challenge that I am leading you through uh, with four videos and four audio tracks to lead you through some some deep and powerful breath work. So if you have been interested in that, or you're looking for a practice to help bring a little bit more calm into your life, then definitely check that out. All right, friends. So let's dive into this cannabis conversation. And without any further delay, please welcome Gabe Kennedy. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm excited. We we got we got pretty into the first round um, when we started talking about cannabinoids and CBD, and uh, I wanted to have you back on the show to just go a little bit deeper and dig into a few different aspects of CBD and uh, and continue our conversation, but also start to maybe navigate into THC at some point. Um, because I feel like this is a not only a big topic, and there's some interesting avenues that we can go right now, but I feel like we have more conversation that was left. And so, why don't uh, why don't we just start kind of where we left off? Maybe if you could give us a little bit of a recap. Um, by the way, just a quick just a quick note. 
our last episode was super, super popular. Like people loved it. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it got a ton, a ton of traction. So for the people that are new to the show, if you haven't had a ch- chance, definitely go listen to part one uh, with Gabe Kennedy because it was really, really good. And you learn a lot about him personally and his journey that has led him to uh, to being where he is today. So, all right. So let's let's just do a quick little bit of a, of a recap. Um, and take a high level view because I think I, I think what I want to do here is just give us a starting point for cannabinoids and hemp products in general, and then we'll kind of go in a little bit deeper to the the, the the different branches, I guess you could say. Sure, sounds awesome. We'll we'll, we'll you know dig our roots in. Yeah. The, uh, so I think first and foremost, probably beneficial to introduce myself, Gabe Kennedy, co-founder of Plant People. Um, we make herbal and hemp supplements. So we are, operate sort of in a sub- subset of the cannabis category. My personal experience is as a chef and uh, predominantly exploring the world of plants through products, through food, um, and the relationship that we have with herbs, plants, food, um, and now cannabis. So that's sort of the mentality that I'm coming from. But um, I, I would say that sort of the 101 of uh, you know CBD, which is this pervasive um, conversation or the, this topic that is sort of always on the tip of our tongues, um, is really much deeper than simply a compound CBD. Um, and so you know, we need to first acknowledge that this is not necessarily a new industry, but a newly legal industry, that cannabis is the umbrella. Uh, you can break it into two categories being hemp or marijuana. And I think in, you know, the first chunk of this, we can explore hemp, right, which is defined in the eyes of the government by having less than 0.3% THC, the psychoactive compound that people most often associate with cannabis or marijuana. When we are able to kind of understand the the world of hemp, which is what we operate in, um, a lot kind of lies beneath the surface. And so, you know, I think the important considerations are how are these plants being grown? Are they be gr- being grown with regenerative practices? How are they being extracted? Um, are we conscious of the waste streams that we're producing or, or are not producing um, in the process of extraction? And then it leads us to product, which I think is is so often misunderstood because low barriers of entry to the industry allow for a lot of confusion. It allows for a big, very like a discrepancy in quality. Um, and I think we have an entire industry which is being noted as CBD um, and, and or incorrectly noted as CBD, right? It's hemp. And so within hemp, when we put the plant through this first extraction, we get this beautiful oil referred to as full spectrum. And full spectrum oils do have compliant levels of THC. That's pretty much the, the, the main, you know, kind of differentiator of it, but also contains, you know, phytocompounds, terpenes, uh, flavonoids, fats, waxes, all of the whole plant materials that really uh, are important for the integration of this into our body. And so full spectrum is, is what we operate you know, uh, or sort of produce with at plant people, um, it's sort of akin to a whole symphony playing together, right? It's the whole plant. Oftentimes you'll then see products fall into another category called broad spectrum where that oil has been remediated and the THC has actually been removed. We find it to be really important that a little bit of that T, uh, THC is actually in there to sort of activate the receptors, um, which allow for, you know, more effect in our body. But in the process of removing that THC, you also remove a lot of the other goodies that are found in these extracted oils. And so that would be sort of an, an 
a, a symphony playing, but only the windwoods of the symphony are playing, right? Only one section of the orchestra is playing. And then you can refine that oil once more and you get isolate. You get CBD isolate product, which is only the compound of CBD. It's like a lonely violin playing. And it does have some efficacious uses, right? It's what GW Pharma patented um, in their pharmaceutical drug, yet the you need to deliver a lot of it. And, you know, we believe that the the sum, you know, the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. And so the, our bodies prefer whole plants, whole materials, whole foods rather than things in isolation. And so what I think is so important to note is that we have this industry that exists with full, full spectrum, broad spectrum, isolate, all sorts of products being referred to as only CBD. And so I think that education and understanding, hey, there's a lot more than just this one compound to why this um, is helpful for humans or perhaps even, you know, helpful for the planet. It, it has to do with hemp. It has to do with the whole plant, not just an isolated compound in it. So that's kind of the the recap maybe of a little bit of what we covered. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a good place to start. And then maybe what, what we can do is just dig in a little bit deeper there, because I think one of the pieces... Um, I mean, I learned so much on the last episode about CBD. I was, I was, can I just say like, it was one of the episodes where like, usually I'm a little bit versed in the, in the spaces that I'll like the people that I'll interview. And so it's very rare that I'll interview someone and I walk away from the interview being like, holy shit, like I just learned so much. Like I didn't know half of what we talked about. Um, so I really love that. But can we can we just dig a little bit into the difference between the full spectrum, the broad spectrum and the isolate? I know you kind of touched on it there. And from what I gathered, it sounds like the full spectrum is sort of untouched. The, the broad spectrum is a little bit more narrowed down in terms of the, the parts of the plant of the hemp plant that are being used or integrated and then isolated is really where it's narrowed down to like one specific piece but maybe if you can unpack that for the listeners and then give us a sense of like what each one would be used for mm -hmm. and and potentially like how it's marketed because i think there's a lot sure. of confusion around like when people think when i thought cbd before i talked to you i just thought that CBD was just like one generic thing. I didn't know that there was different categorizations of it. Right. Well, thanks for the compliment. I feel like every time we've had a conversation offline, I'm learning so much. So it's nice to be able to repay the favor. Um, but yeah, I, I think that if we talk about, like, if we can just talk about full spectrum, broad spectrum and isolate. And so maybe we'll start with isolate because it's kind of the, the building block, um, from a compound perspective, at least. So isolate is a highly refined, you know, CBD compound. It is CBD cannabinol in isolation. It's a tasteless, it is a, you know, a white powder. It looks like a, a, a drug. Um, it doesn't have an odor. It, it is fat soluble. And so the first product that came onto the market, um, it's also pretty commoditized. So it's inexpensive. Um, a lot of the first products that came onto the market were just this CBD isolate powder mixed with some coconut MCT oil. You shake it up and all of a sudden you have CBD oil, mm -hmm. right? And that is how so many products continue to exist because it's lucrative. It's not that expensive. You can strip out any of the impurities that are uh, sort of in the plant to begin with. 
um, because you're ultimately ending up with one compound. And because it is a powder and because it's 99% pure, you actually can be very accurate into how many milligrams are in a serving, how many milligrams are in the gummy or the brownie or the capsule or the oil. So there is some benefit to it, right? I think that if you were to talk about people or you were to you know, ask people in the pharmaceutical industry, well, why is it that this product or CBD isolate is important? And I, and I think that people would talk about purity. And I think that people would also talk about um, the ability to properly dose patients. And so there is something to be said there. And I think the proof is that, you know, there, there is a pharmaceutical drug on the market that utilizes CBD isolate. I do feel that it is somewhat missing the point. And I think that the point is how, and this is, you know, my personal philosophy, how do we utilize plants in their whole form to benefit ourselves um, and also benefit the agricultural systems? And so um, as we sort of ladder up, I think that we can understand more of that impact. So does that answer your question about isolate? I mean, it's a, it's a pure product. It doesn't, taste like anything. It's easily, you know, integrated into any sort of fat base, but it is only that compound in isolation. Yeah. I think that the analogy that I, that immediately came to mind was like, it's almost, it's almost akin to extracting vitamin C or creating vitamin C versus eating an orange, right. Or having orange juice that, you know, freshly squeezed, you're, you're missing out on a whole bunch of different components that naturally come with that, uh, you know, with that fruit or with that leafy green in the first place. Absolutely. I absolutely, you know, some of one of the analogies I give is, you know, full spectrum being like this amazing chef salad, right? It has all this good stuff in it. And then broad spectrum is like, you're just eating lettuce. There's no dressing on it. And then isolate is like, you're eating, you're, you're taking a capsule of chlorophyll that was, you know, derived from that bowl of lettuce. Yeah. Um, so I think you're, you're, you're spot on, um, broad spectrum does get a lot of, which is sort of that middle category. It does have some minor cannabinoids. It does not have THC and, you know, it, it gets, it gets some love because it, it does not contain that thing that so many people are scared of, which is THC. So there is, you know, there is a benefit to it, which is that, you know, you can have a THC free product and some minor cannabinoids. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about the inclusion of THC in any of these full spectrum products, we're talking about 0.3% or less than 0.3%. I mean, if you're at 0.3%, you're, you're on the line. So yeah. as a business owner, you know, we want to be well below the line to ensure that we're protecting our customers, we're protecting our retailers, we're pe- protecting our business. God forbid, you know, we're, we're playing in a non-compliant zone, right? There, there needs to be trust and transparency built in this industry um, if we want it to go anywhere. And I think that, you know, with trust and transparency also, you know, the require, there is a requirement of education. Um, and that education is the responsibility that we have to both people uh, and, and the responsibility that we have to the planet. And so, you know, uh, we did a, a partnership with um, Vitacoco, and actually, the hemp that we were using in that Vitacoco beverage was a broad spectrum product because you know their corporate stance was, "Hey, we, we actually don't feel comfortable having any bit of THC in it." Um, so, you know, broad spectrum is widely available. You'll see it, uh, you know, on the on the packaging, whether it's a vape, which I think that whole industry has kind of crumbled, or a tincture. 
which is probably the most popular consumption method. Um, I think, uh, you know, yes, you may see it in topical applications, right? Things you put on your skin or capsules. Um, but I think particularly if we're talking about uh, topicals, full spectrum is really important. And if I even had my choice, I would load it, load it up with THC, um, particularly if you're talking about, you know, pain or inflammation or, you know, things that I've personally dealt with and, and sort of had challenges with in the past. And the most amazing products that I've um, been able to put on my skin, you know, particularly in sore areas have had um, sizable amounts of THC. So broad spectrum is, is great. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a great in between. Um, but I really think that the magic starts happening in full spectrum products. And the reason is that when we extract that product, usually we have a lower concentration of CBD and because there's a lower concentration of CBD, it means that the other, you know, 40, 30 or 40% is filled with these other amazing compounds that have their own benefits. And so we can start levering what the minor cannabinoid profiles look like um, or, or what the minor cannabinoid profiles are to create a more targeted effect. And can so, you can you just unpack what some of those minor cannabinoid yeah. areas are? Because I think we touched on them last time, and I think it's important to just maybe revisit them really quickly. Absolutely. So within a hemp extract, a full spectrum hemp extract, you're going to have CBD as the primary kind of mass, if you will. And if we're talking about the orange that you brought up, it's like the juice. You know what I mean? You cut the orange up and you juice it and there's the CBD. But then there are also these other parts of the orange, which I'm referring to now as minor cannabinoids. And some of my favorite and some are that are gaining popularity are CBG, which is cannabigerol. So imagine CBG as maybe the fiber that is within, you know, within the, you know, the flesh of the orange. CBC, cannabichromine, imagine that as the pith, right? Uh, and then CBN, which is cannabinol, um, which is really powerful for sort of sedation. And imagine that as the zest. And so within the, the orange, there's all these different um, compounds or parts. Within the, the, the cannabis plant, there's all these different minor compounds, over 120 of them, in fact, but many of them are more prevalent than others. And so we're, we, you know, we utilize CBG and CBC, um, cannabigerol and cannabichromine in our topical products and also in our, our products geared towards eliminating or, or alleviating discomfort. Um, I'm very careful not to say pain because I do think it's important that we don't make claims within the industry. We use CBN within our sleep products in conjunction with terpenes, which are kind of the compounds that smell uh, the, the tap into your olfactory system. And that can support, you know, deeper rest. And, um, you know, in fact, there are some studies that show on a milligram to milligram basis, CBN being more powerful than, than kind of pharmaceutical sleeping aids. And so, um, there, the list goes on and on. If you do like CB and then pick a letter, it probably exists, right? There's CBD, a, which is sort of the acid compounds of CBD, there's CBL, there's CBV. It's goes, it goes on and on and on and on. Um, but you know, I, I just chose to kind of dig into three of them, which are three that we use, which are most often tested for, um, and, you know, are, are really important to guiding the product into a particular direction, because I think that what is and not, I think, I know that so often, so often in this industry, it's like CBD is going to fix everything. 
And my perspective is that all plants are different. Um, you know, think of the diversity of cucumbers or tomatoes out there, right? And some have better applications than others. Like I'm not making a green tomato sauce. I mean, I could, it could be fun, but you know, maybe it's a little too acidic. It's not enough sugar. So the, the opportunity for us to grow unique genetics that have these particular minor compounds, these minor cannabinoid compounds, and then extracting them in a way that really optimizes those compounds is the secret sauce to being able to, um, at least for us, you know, have products that are more targeted for solutions. Hmm. And that's the, that's the benefit and the beauty that you get out of, 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 a, of a full spectrum product. Very Aside cool. from a little THC. Yeah. 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 No, I think, the, I mean, I love the way that you break it down. And I'm, I'm curious, sort of like two thoughts came out of that. One is wanting to understand how those cannabinoids actually integrate in our body, because I mm -hmm. think that's one of the things that, you know, maybe a, um, many people don't really understand, uh, like how cannabinoids are important for our body. But then secondly, breaking down the different usages. So why don't we just start with, mm -hmm. why don't we just start with like, how does our body actually not decompose, but, but utilize cannabinoids mm -hmm. and why are they relevant for our, our body composition? Yeah. So, um, I think that's a huge topic and I'm sure that yeah. we, could, we could, we could talk about it for a really long time. And I think that, you know, there are, there's also a lot of research that is continuing to happen. I think first and foremost, it's important to note that our body has, and it, many people have probably heard of it, it's become part of kind of the industry's marketing nomenclature, but is this system called the ECS, the endocannabinoid system. And it is a, is a series of uh, sort of receptors throughout our body through, and throughout our entire body that are set up to um, work with cannabinoids. And we as our, we as humans produce five of our own cannabinoids referred to as endocannabinoids, which hence, you know, hence why the system is named the endocannabinoid system. So there's CB1 and CB2 receptors. And each of those receptors have slightly different functions. What's important to note is CBD on its own does not really work all that well within those receptors. You need an agonist. And so that's where the other compounds come in, that's where THC comes in, is it allows those receptors to kind of light up. Now, the benefits that people are most often experiencing from CBD or hemp extracts or other cannabinoids, we'll just call it cannabinoids, um, is you know oftentimes stress and anxiety uh, or more resiliency to stress and anxiety, um, support with pain and inflammation. Uh, many people have an easier time sleeping. So, you know, what that kind of tells us is that whether or not we like it, there, there is some proof in the pudding. Um, and, you know, the, the, the system has, uh, the endocannabinoid system has an affinity for, for pain. And so in areas of our body that have been you know, wounded, there will be a higher concentration of these cannabinoid receptors. Um, and to me, that that certainly means something. So how the, the compounds work is we ingest them. And depending on the way in which we, we consume the, the product, it does indicate how much we're going to get into our system, right? It, ultimately, they have to break the blood brain barrier. And so mucous membranes 
are a great way of doing that, right? Let's say we know that vaping or smoking is good, but it has its own set of implications. And I I mean good in terms of breaking the blood-brain barrier. It's going to happen really fast, but it has its own set of implications. So we don't make any smokable or products to inhale. Mucous membranes are also really phenomenal ways of getting the product into into our system. And so that's why, you know, think about in in pharmaceuticals, kind of the efficacy of a suppository, right? Like the colon is 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 ripe with with capillaries and an opportunity to get um, product into our system. The esophagus is also um, really uh, quite I don't know, potent. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Called, right? but, um, so what we suggest is really taking, you know, a product in through the mouth, holding it under your tongue or rolling it around your mouth and for as really as long as you can hold it and then begin to swallow. And then as it goes through your system, you know, more and more of it will be degraded and you'll ultimately end up with, you know, a little bit getting into your system as it travels. And those, those, those cannabinoids then end up integrating with this endocannabinoid system. And these cannabinoids are also retroactively occurring or, or sort of working um, molecules. And so they're not locking and keying into, you know, our receptors like a pharmaceutical, but rather working and with the other compounds in our system and oftentimes preventing the breakdown of very valuable yet also um, sort of volatile compounds that we create. And I think a great one is is called anandamide, ananda, meaning bliss in Sanskrit, I believe. And when we, you know, exercise, we get this hit of not only dopamine, but also uh, anandamide. Um, and as we begin to build up our stores of these cannabinoids or endocannabinoids, we prevent the breakdown of these other beneficial compounds and therefore feel the effect. Um, but it's not necessarily CBD or any of these particular um, cannabinoids responsible for the di- like directly responsible for the effect. It sort of is a chain reaction. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I, I hope mean, that made sense. I no, no, this makes this makes sense. It's it's really interesting to like have the have the breakdown. I think where my you know where my sort of like basic consumer brain goes <laughs> understanding all like this basic like, consumer brains right 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 it's like okay that the science behind that is is fascinating and like how it how it ties into the endocannabinoid system and the fact that we actually have a receptor system pre-built in, inside of us for that it's kind of like how yeah. you know your body produces dimethyltryptamine already right like your your right. pineal gland produces small amounts of DMT um, which is responsible for dream states, right? So it's really interesting that our body is sort of set up to receive, to produce, to interact with these chemical compounds that are naturally found in nature. Back to back to this idea of like, okay, these are how the these are how the different cannabinoids interact with our system. When we look at things, because I can kind of hear people listening to this, like, okay, I got all this information but I have trouble sleeping or I have anxiety. And by the way, just to note, you said the natural sort of like the natural occurrence. And it's important to note that cannabinoids are found in not just cannabis. They can be Mm -hmm. found in orange peels and lavender and hops. So they're present in almost all plant life. Um, It's not, it's not specific to cannabis, but yeah. Okay. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's good knowledge. It's good information. Um, So I can kind of hear the person that's listening to this being like, okay, I, I have trouble sleeping. Like you just talked to me about full spectrum, broad spectrum, you right. know, isolated 
where do I go? What do I need to look out for if I have trouble sleeping versus if I have anxiety versus if I have uh, a chronic pain, you know, like back pain, right. what, what should I use and what do I need to look out for? Let's, let's just talk about sort of like practical application of like products. Love it. Love it. All right. Sweet spot. So let's, so you, you say, you say the challenge and, and all, all yes. a call and response. This is, this is great. This is great. I've been watching a lot of Mr. Rogers lately. So this, this feels good. <laughs> um, okay. So let's just start with sleep. Cause that's a big one. So okay. if people have trouble sleeping, what should they look for? Great. So there are two. Um, so we, when we first rolled out with product, we had a very small set and, but people were seeing benefit in, in sleep, you know, getting better sleep when they were just taking our sort of general CBD wellness formula. Um, as we started doing more research, it became very apparent that CBN was a very important part and other of, of sort of rest and relaxation and sedation and terpenes, the sort of aromas are also impactful for inducing these states. And so we built a product called drops plus sleep, which is, you know, a predominantly CBD, but also has levels of CBN in it. Um, and then sort of synergistic terpenes to support the function of, you know, a nice relaxing, uh, or deep sleep and waking up non, non drowsy and feeling really restored in the morning. So if we're talking about plant people products, I would say, you know, use drops plus sleep, um, because of its, 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 uh, CBD content because of the CBN content, because of the terpenes, um, and it all works together. If you're going to say, Hey, I just want sleep in general outside of plant people. Um, I would just say, just, you know, just get our stuff. But, um, <laughs> no, no, if, if you're, uh, I would say, you know, certainly, um, look for a product that is full spectrum. That's going to have a little bit of that THC. Um, you may want to consider taking a little bit more, but at the same time, everyone is different. And so it's important to recognize Actually, some people may feel really energized with CBD, and maybe it's not good uh, for, for, for that particular person. But I think that regardless, um, those are kind of directly addressing sleep. They're not really addressing oftentimes the root of why we're not sleeping is that we are we're tense, we're, uh, we're nervous, we're, we're anxious, we over, are over caffeinated, we're over caffeinated, right? We were just on our device for five hours before we went to bed. Um, so I think that, you know, there's, we have this little pamphlet that we actually send out with drops plus sleep that has 10 tips for sleeping better, right? Disconnect from technology, make sure you don't drink caffeine too late. But I also think it's important to really connect with, well, what is the root? And I, and, and I'll give an example. Um, a, a woman bought our, our one of our, our products with hope that it would help her sleep. And she re responded and said, this is not working for me. And so I, I really love having conversations with customers. And so I was like, well, what's going on? You know, like, I'd be happy to provide you with a different product because I don't want her to just write it off. And she's like, listen, my husband just died. Um, I've been going through a lot of like financial stuff. Um, I'm really stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm mourning, you know, and, and it's like, it just, I can't sleep. And so my response was, well, you know, it feels like there's something deeper and we have, we have this herbal formula called be calm. It's actually my favorite product that we make, um, that contains, you know, a 
sort of a suite of herbs, but one of which is albizia bark and flower. And it is known for, uh, it's known as the tree of happiness in traditional Chinese medicine. And it's oftentimes prescribed when someone is going through grief and, and they're mm. in their experiencing loss. And so I sent her a, a you know, a bottle and she began taking this and she's like, I'm sleeping better. Um, I'm, I feel so much more balanced. I'm like, I'm smiling. Like I, and she left, she actually left a voicemail. She was crying. And like, it, aside from the fact that I was listening to it crying back, um, you know, I think that it, it's a great example of really looking at the root. And so often in Western sort of mentality, we're just wanting to put band-aids on the symptom, but not really addressing the root cause of that symptom. And so mm. I think that, you know, inflammation, um, and I want to expand upon the word of inflammation, it could be emotional inflammation, it could be physical inflammation, it could be irrit irritability right? It really is this imbalance. And so if we can really work to get ourselves back to balance, I think we oftentimes see results in sleeping better and having less pain and being able to be more resilient to stress. And so that is oftentimes, you know, a, a reason people come to uh, these alternative solutions and, we, you know, we have different products for it. Um, and I don't want to like ruin our game. So throw out an, another, no, another, it's, it's um, another yeah yeah thing. yeah i feel like i feel like that's i mean it's good I, I love the the idea of like being able to tap into like the root uh cause and issue right because i feel like that does often just go untalked about and people are like well you know this you know this drug that i got doesn't work or this thing doesn't work right. it's like well you know maybe you have to align to what's actually going on underneath your surface so well, i'm sure you um, find that a lot in like in your own practice right it's like yeah, people want a one size. They want the equation that's going to solve the problem, right? Like who, when, whenever we're dealing with something, the brain's natural reaction is that people just want to be told, uh, uh, you know, the sort of like cure-all phrase that's going to set them free from right. their emotional challenges or they want the pill that's going to free them from the pain. And, you know, so I think just being able to identify like, hey, like there might be something underneath this that also needs to be addressed. Um, yeah. Okay, really quick. Anxiety. So anxiety. Perfect. I'm glad you asked that one. So, um, you know, I think we have a general sort of well-balanced mind and body, you know, oil tincture, full spectrum, of course, very minor cannabinoid, you know, we sort of minimize the minor cannabinoids, we minimize the terpenes. So it's not going to put you to sleep when you want to stay up. It's not going to keep you up when you want to go to bed. It's a pretty fast acting solution. So if you're feeling something coming on, you can throw it you know, throw it under your tongue. And I think that that does a lot of in the moment. And then throughout time, right, we sort of build up this resiliency. I think that if people are looking for sort of a more advanced solution or a more well-rounded solution, the Be Calm capsules are really a, a great a great thing to start exploring because it does contain these other adaptogenic and nervine herbs. And so we're talking about albizia bark and flower, right? the tree of happiness, Avena sativa, which is oat straw, um, sort of a Western herb that's traditionally very uplifting and, and sort of joyful. Ashwagandha, right? Everyone knows ashwagandha right now. It's the, you know, the adaptogen of the moment. Um, Cisandra berry, holy basil leaf, L-theanine, and some CBD. And all of those come together to create this formula that is really allowing you to sink your roots in, but also be expansive. Um, and so I think that when people are dealing with anxiety often, you know, my suggestion is, yes, CBD or hemp can be really powerful. 
It really can. And I, and I certainly encourage people to explore it. And if you do start low, start low and slow, because more is not always better when it comes to that kind of anxiety or anxious um, challenge, right? Hmm. Uh, if we're talking about severe pain, yes, you want more. You probably want to take a little bit of a higher potency and more on a consistent basis to deal with that acute pain. But you know, th- this, this tension or this unease that, that so many of us feel, and it's hard not to feel it with the pace of, of, of life, um, the, you know, Corona situation, working at home, the uncertainty in finances, the uncertainty in personal and professional life. It's really scary, but herbs can be a really powerful part of that solution too. And adaptogenic herbs are really working with our cortisol response and minimizing our cortisol response, our stress hormone. And so if we can kind of produce less of these stress-inducing hormones, we can in turn feel a little bit more grounded and a little bit more balanced. So I would say, you know, a low and slow dose of a of a CBD oil, but when I say that, a full spectrum or broad spectrum CBD oil, maybe look into some other herbal solutions, um, adaptogens or nervines that can calm your stress response or your nervous system. Um, and then of course the investment in mental health of meditation or walking or getting outside and listening to your favorite songs or your music, or even being able to, you know, find some comfort in cooking yourself a meal and kind of escaping. So I, I think it's a full, full suite of, uh, offerings. Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I'm curious uh, you know, when it comes to being able to identify the difference between a full spectrum, full spectrum and a broad spectrum CBD or cannabinoid, what should people be looking for when mm-hmm. they're trying to identify that? Like, do, do products have full spectrum or broad spectrum on the label or is that so just they should? Yeah, they should okay. have them on the label. Um, because I think most companies that kind of lean into those categories do it for a reason and they want to talk about it. Mm. Then the, the sure way is really to look at lab results. And so I'm always weary of uh, companies that don't publish or, you know, make it easy to find the lab results. And usually what we're looking for in lab results is the first page will be potency. So you'll see cannabinoid content, you'll see THC content, you'll see, you know, the miners and, and whatnot. And, and so ensuring that if it says 600 on the label, you know, it should say 600 somewhere on that lab. Um, if it says that there's CBN in it, you should see, you know, you should see some, some percentage of CBN in that oil. And I spend so much time, I can't even tell you how much time I've been looking through and figuring out ways in which we can actually deliver on these cannabinoid con the cannabinoid content that we say is in there because we have very specific uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. It, it blows my mind how many, you know, products out there do not deliver on what they say is out there. So the first page is potency. Then you get into oftentimes the full panel testing, which will include um, heavy metals, right? Cannabis is a remediation, is sort of a remediation crop. So, you know, they planted it in Chernobyl to suck up radiation out of the, like, like I mean, it, it's anything that's in the ground goes into the plant. So if there's lead or there's arsenic or there's heavy metals, it will be in the plant. That mm-hmm. panel should show, you know, compliant or, or literally no heavy metals in it. Then you'll get into microbial content, uh, herbicides and pesticides, right? It's very easy for uh, hemp to or cannabis to get, you know, fungus or this, that, and the other. And so oftentimes they're sprayed, um, making sure that your 
product that you're putting in your body is free of herbicides and pesticides is very important. Um, it's why we, you know, now have USDA, uh, organic certification. And then the last bit will be solvents. And so when we extract the product, you actually will need a solvent often. Uh, there's some extraction methods that don't use solvents, but um, you know, alcohol is sort of the time-tested or one of the time-tested extraction methods. And you, know, you want to make sure that there's no leftover eth ethanol in your product. And so making sure that the alcohol is compliant or, or non-existent is important too. Um, so that's kind of the, the run through of a, of a full panel test, but, you know, first and foremost, and actually it's not even first and foremost, I think they're all really important, right? You don't yeah. want any of that stuff in your product. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm hearing is like, do you do your homework, right? Like when you're going to go out right. and buy products, I think the the thing, again, what I touched on last time in our, in our talk was, I loved how you could access on plant people on your, on your company's website, you could access the test, the lab results for every single product. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's, you know, that, that type of full transparency is important. Let's, let's switch gears just in, in terms of time here. I want to be able to dig into THC a little bit because it's yeah. this big product that, you know, I think a lot of people are, are curious about and utilizing and, you know, there's different benefits, uh, et cetera. But is there, you know, my first question is, is there a difference between how the body interacts with CBD versus THC? Yeah, I mean, there is, right? THC is the psychoactive, uh, you know, compound that is in, in cannabis. And so it is going to, you know, set, it's going to get you high. And I, and I think that in the THC market, it does cater towards the heavy user, and the heavy user is kind of continually seeking, you know, the next high. And so you have the products in the THC market so often time, so, so often like weighted towards these super like heavy or heady experiences. Um, and I think that what's intriguing about not jumping back to it, but what's intriguing about, you know, CBD or these other kind of non-psychoactive components is it allows people to engage with kind of this broader cannabis industry without going to planet Zorton every time they want to do it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does, it, it does have, and it's, and it's not fair to say that CBD does not have a psychoactive effect because I think just at face value, if you feel less stressed, I mean, that pretty sure that that would qualify as a psychoactive or a psychotropic effect. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, THC is that thing that's really going to get you going. So mm. it does interact with the body in a very different way. And is, is the, like when we talk about usages for THC, like, uh, compared to that of CBD, obviously, I mean, depending on the, the strain of THC, you, you might not be using it for, uh, for for anxiety, I think for some people, you know, depending on if they're taking an indica or a sativa, that they can they can uh, do different things within the body and within the mind. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you feel is is the is the current usage of THC? Why was it sort of bastardized for such a long time? Right, I think before we came online, you and I were talking about the the sort of irony that we find ourselves in right now. Yeah where the whole the whole country shut down right uh and there are people in prison right now for selling yeah. and and you know possessing marijuana but they're in a in a state uh or they're next to a state where uh where, essential service 
Yeah, it's yeah. deemed as essential service right now. So marijuana stores are open, but there's people in prison yeah. for possessing it. It's like it's just such an interesting space. So I think it's really important to note that, right? That like, and I and I mentioned it earlier. It's it. This is a newly legal industry. It's not a new industry, and in fact, it's built on the backs of you know systemically racist policies of really toxic policies that have marginalized people of color. Um, or people in low, lower socioeconomic kind of uh, situations. And it's absolutely not okay. So a lot of what we also kind of work towards within, you know, the education pillar of our business, aside from, you know, teaching people the benefits of meditation or the, the attributes of our product is industry education, which is how do we build an industry that stands for equity and access, that stands for social justice and climate justice, that acknowledges the past and doesn't pretend it doesn't exist, um, because right now there's a lot of people making a lot of money. Um, and there's also a lot of people who are suffering and making sure that we can build towards equity is really important. Like many policies, I think that, you know, they are often, they also, uh, they, they become misconstrued or misguided from misinformation from, uh, you know, from, from racism, uh, or from, from fear. And so I think that normalizing the conversation and being able to take the fear out of, uh, the industry is an imperative, uh, step to, to, to progress, you know, specifically, we actually look at like policy. We look at what, what can we do to support when people are actually in prison because of these situations and how can we maybe help provide like enriching kind of experiences. And then how can we partner with, you know, farms that are perhaps uh, employing people who are uh, formerly incarcerated from nonviolent cannabis crimes or owned by, you know, mi minorities or, you know, really, really step into the, the position of, of building an industry that's, um, that is, is equitable. But I feel like I kind of, tan I went on a tangent, but, <laughs> but, you know, what's in, what the other interesting thing to note is that because the FDA has, you know, deemed marijuana, and I put that in quotes, um, as a schedule one substance, it has really taken any research opportunities off the table. And so what we ask for is we want an industry that is regulated. We want an industry that is safe for cons consumers and that has standards and that, you know, it, it is truthful in what it is um, promoting, right? The last thing we want to do is ever misrepresent the benefits of the product and harm a customer. Um, so, you know, we sort of ask for, hey, let's make some progress so that we can we can start researching this in more um, sort of formalized ways through the government. Um, we, we, we ask for oversight and regulation from the FDA. But, you know, there are some really amazing research, uh, resources and realmofcaring.org is one of them. And it does explore a lot of the, you know, and, and sort of aggregates a lot of the research that is behind the attributes of both CBD, but also THC. And you will see that there are studies from, you know, it's antibacterial properties to anxiety, appetite, arthritis, asthma, um, you know, uh, cardiovascular health. There's there's research around the CB1 and CB2 receptors, um, cerebral part. And I'm literally like reading off of the thing, Crohn's disease, just uh, depression, drug interactions, edema and, and fibromyalgia. Like it goes on and on and on. And people are, you know, I think it, it, it is um, now I'm not making a claim that any of, you know, that any of that actually led to scientifically validated results. But there are people who are exploring what 
benefits, you know, cannabis as a plant really have for human health. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that people should have the right to these kinds of alternatives. People should have access to them. They should not be villainized. Um, They should be embraced. And in the same way that, you know, Advil or Tylenol is not a registered, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, it's not, you can buy it anywhere. And if you take a whole bottle of Tylenol, you very well may die. You can drink a whole bottle of, of, you know, a CBD oil and, and you'll have a, you'll probably want to take a really long nap. Um, but for my knowledge, you definitely won't, won't die. And, you know, that to me is the, the discrepancy, right? Like we need to be able to make progress. We need to be able to set standards. We need to be able to have oversight and we need to be able to make progress so that people have access um, and they have safe access to these alternatives that can be really beneficial and that clearly people are very interested in and that people are kind of researching um, independently. No, that's, that's good, man. I mean, I think one of the things that that is really important and and is very interesting about cannabis and and THC and you know marijuana sales and all this kind of stuff legalization is that it really has been a a byproduct of people individuals collectively banding together and really pushing this agenda forward you know it's like one of the very few things that people especially in the United States they have pushed it forward to legalize it in all these different states because like the federal government has not wanted to do that yeah so you know, people see the benefits, people feel the benefits. Tell me a little bit about THC usage. Where should people start if they're curious? Like, what can they use it for outside of, you know, smoking a joint and getting high at a party with some friends? What are the sort of, because I mean, there's, there is a very broad spectrum, uh, wide use for it. A lot of claims around, you know, sort of like medicinal cannabis and medicinal usage. Where do people start? What do they need to know? Yeah. So I would say start where you feel is most applicable for you and then start doing some research. Um, and, and as I noted, Realm of Caring is actually a really phenomenal place to start. It's a resource that is rich in, uh, rich in discovery. And then, you know, just kind of scroll through the conditions that are, that are searchable and read some of the studies. I mean, it's hard for me to say, you know, in the span of, you know, 20, 10, 20, 30, or probably even, you know, a few minutes, all of the potential benefits that cannabis can provide people. So I do think that it is a, um, it's a, it's a wormhole um, that is that I encourage people to go and, and look into um, or to, to go down. I can tell you from personal experience what I've used it for. And so I, you know, having had a back many two back surgeries and really been dealing on and off with this like chronic back pain for as long as I can remember based on this, you know, skiing accident that I had, I've found THC um, to be very powerful for um, topical applications on areas of, of pain. I found it to be, you know, the right combination of THC and CBD to be really relaxing um, for me. I think that if I do engage in, you know, a, a very high THC product without CBD, it can easily send me 
uh, into a state that is not actually all that enjoyable. So playing with the ratios between CBD and THC has been important for me. Um, and it's definitely helped with, you know, my, my mental health and feeling at times, you know, a release of, of stress and anxiety. Um, it's certainly helped with my, you know, my, my pain, both topically and ingestible and from an ingestible, you know, standpoint, but knock on wood, I'm, uh, you know, a healthy guy and I don't, you know, need to, uh, utilize, you know, the therapeutic benefits of, of THC for anything other than, you know, some sore muscles and, um, yeah. So, so no, I like it. I like I hope it. I that answered your question, but I just, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, there are so many usages, I think, where I usually tell people to start because I have people reach out to me all the time. I'm like, hey, what do you think of like, you know, using weed or using THC mm-hmm. in, in certain forms? And I'll usually say like, find a, find a cross, you know, where it's like a 50-50 split between THC totally. and CBD, where it's not a, a crazy high percentage for THC, especially if, you know, your only memories of of you know weed is back in high school your college days getting high and and drinking booze and partying you you may not have had the best experiences and it may not be where you are in life anymore and what you want to use it for and so finding an an entry point is probably good right if you're going to drink alcohol for the first time you're probably not going to go straight to like white lightning uh (laughs) you know you're not going to go to like a hundred proof um and, and I think that's important, too, because to your point, what I've noticed happening in the THC space is that a lot of growers and a lot of, of producers now are pr- trying to produce these products that are super high THC, like super yeah. high. Oh, and, yeah. and, and it gets it just like it gets people uh, I call it stupid high, right, where they, yeah. they get so high that their their cognitive functions start to just sort of like break down because you know, for many, many reasons, it just sort of starts to like numb out your cognitive functions. And so I think like being able to find somewhere in the middle is, is really important. What do you think we will start to like, do you think that we'll ever see a federal level uh, regulation or federal level release of, of cannabis fully in the United States? And how far off do you think we are from that? I do. Um, I, I think it's not an if, but when, I mean, it, this is now a global market. It, it, this is not, you know, people in Boulder growing, you know, which is where I am right now, like people in Boulder growing some pot in their backyard. Like this is, you know, big business. It's big industry. It is, um, stepping into the pharmaceutical category. It is, I mean, I don't even know how many states are are, are legalized yet. You know, um, I guess like a it, dozen now. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good amount, and and particularly if you're talking about for medical use too. Um, you know, it's it's a global market. So I, I mean, I'm hoping that soon we'll kind of have this the end of you know prohibition, if you will, um, and it'll it'll be a, a more open kind of market. And I think that with that, there be, becomes opportunity for you know, companies, uh, even such as myself, to start delivering products that can really serve different needs and aren't always just catering to, to your point, you know, the the heavy user. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, there was a really wonderful explained um, on Netflix that dove into the world of, of cannabis. But I think I recall, you know, it's like 80% of the market is dri- it's classic 80-20 rule, you know, dr- driven by 20% of the consumers who are the heavy users. And so obviously the growers and 
um, the producers and, and the brands are, are catering towards that heavy user and therefore creating products that are so intense. It's like not mm-hmm. the stuff that, you know, our parents used to, you know, the doobies our parents used to roll. The cheap. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the funny I thing. Wish is they, that, like, I wish it was like, that would be so I, great, you know? I agree. Well, I think the like you know in Canada here it's fully legal, right? Countrywide, right? And I think the interesting thing is that I know I know family members that have because you can grow it. You can grow four plants here in Canada on your own in your backyard if you want. Yeah. It's totally legal, and you can travel on planes with joints and like. I mean, it seems like a at first I was like, this seems like a trap. You know, it's like <laughs> like they're right. trying to catch you, um, but it's been interesting to see how many like my uncle, for example, has ALS. And he has used medicinal cannabis and marijuana to deal with some of the challenges that come along with with his ALS. And if you would have told me, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, that's that someone in my family, that one of my uncles would have been using cannabis, I would have been like, you're out of your out of your mind. So it is interesting to see how the sort of like social landscape around Mm -hmm. cannabis has changed and how we're starting to integrate it. Um, awesome, man. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap up here just in terms of, you know, if people want to learn more about you, uh, more, more about plant people, where should they go and what do they need to know? Yeah. So, uh, plant people is good old www.plantpeople.co plant as in the things that grow from the earth. And that we've been talking about people like you and me.co as in company. And then our, our social handles are plant people. Um, my personal information is Gabe Kennedy on social media, as well as GabeKennedy.com. And we really welcome, and I welcome continuing the conversation. Um, no question is a silly question. We are happy to be a resource for, for you, even if you're not you know, purchasing or consuming our products. We're just happy to be a part of the dialogue and, and be you know, of service and of support in whatever way that we can. So don't hesitate to reach out. And if you do, maybe we can hook you up with a little, uh, little man talks, uh, discount code. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, for everyone that's out there, definitely head on over. Uh, if you follow plant people on Instagram, they do some really great educational pieces through their stories and through their platform. Um, that's just a little, a little shameless plug because I really Thank appreciate you. the work that you guys do and, and the education piece, right? I think there's so much misinformation out there around CBD and cannabis right now. And so I appreciate that you guys are just um, kind of like a guiding light in a space that is definitely deregulated. So awesome, brother. Thank you so much for joining me back on the show. Thank you so much, Connor. Pleasure as always. Yeah. And for everybody else, don't forget to share this episode with just one person. And if you haven't done so yet, head on over to whatever platform you're listening to us on, leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, don't forget to leave a written review because it goes a long way uh, to, to getting us out to the millions and millions of people that are out there listening to podcasts. So until next week, it's Connor Beaton signing off. Mm-hmm.